0: Hello, and welcome to Heartline Ministries, a one-hour televised program and audio podcast where we take the timeless truth of Scripture and apply it to hearts and lives in the 21st century. Join Pastor Harold Noyes of Community Christian Church in Athens, Vermont, and Pastor Timothy Golden of Life on Main in Charlestown, New Hampshire, as they bring the light and life of God's Word to current situations and experiences. Now, here are your hosts, Pastor Harold Noyes and Timothy
1: Golden. We have started a study Tim on the book of Esther (laughs) and last week we discovered that the king now had a year-long feast partying time they really knew how to party back then I guess and he brought in a lot of kings a lot of princes a lot of royalty both men and women and he was trying to establish with them support for him to go and to invade Was it wrong, right? Mm -hmm. So he wanted to get their support, wanted to get their okay for doing that, and the best way to do that is show them how much money he had, how much wealth he had, how much, you know, glitter and everything else, Mm -hmm. and and we do that. So in reading, I'm finding that from chapter one through two, chapter two, at least from what I've read. Is that there's about a four year span, mm. because now he's gone on his campaign, yep, and he lost badly.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so he was really humiliated, and that's where we now pick up the account in chapter two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, as you noted uh, when we were talking about this, he probably the king probably was not in a very good mood. <laughs> You know, and I think you noted that probably he had some anger issues. Yep. You know, I mean, we know that to be true just by the way in which he treated Vasti, for example, mm-hmm. um, for doing, for saying no when he wanted her to come and present herself before all royalty. Yep. And um, I think he, he acted in haste. Mm hmm um though some would certainly qualify him saying well he had every right to she had no right to deny him she had no right to not to do it but of course we also noted that she was caring for all the other queens and princesses and Mm -hmm. women and she was taking care of them so she may have been Mm
2: -hmm.
1: overworked and overtired besides and what you we know how things go when we get that way so yeah. i don't know it's a you know it's a question for me
0: it is and then as you had mentioned that now we've had four years that have pretty much come and gone and it's only in the very beginning of this chapter that says that when the wrath of the king had subsided right you know in regard specifically to vashti yep. you know so it took four years i talk about holding a grudge
1: right you know and so there's definitely some major issues there now do, do you think that you know you were talking about you know especially in in regards to vasti is it or is it that or is it also the fact that he got humiliated in the battle
0: i'm sure it's a combination of all the above you know yeah i I don't think that being defeated helped matters any right you know that that's obviously going to add to the frustration you think you're doing everything right you think you're going to come out victorious you think you've done everything necessary to make that happen only to have it fall flat on its face and yeah. now you've got to go back to your kingdom and face the face, face
1: the music, the music. <laughs> yeah yeah and you know and I also wonder you know and this is just me wondering out loud I also wonder if maybe some of the wrath would also be um, maybe he didn't quite get the support or at least the support was not as strong as he thought it would mm-hmm. be and that's why he got humiliated in the yep. war in which he was in
0: or as we've already seen with a lot of other wars, maybe started off getting the support that he needed. But yep. when things weren't going quite as quickly as others wanted, there may have been a backing out. But whichever, it definitely Whatever. didn't go according to his plan. Yeah.
1: You, know, you know, I guess probably the, the, the safest bet would be this. We just know that he was angry mm-hmm. and he was very mad. And and the combination of all that has now happened over a four year period. Mm-hmm. Um, means that the people are now going to want to those around him, his higher echelon, those around him are going to want to appease him. They're going to want to walk, tread lightly, and come up with something that would make him forget it all.
0: Mm-hmm. And but yet also at the same token, they have probably also felt let down by their king. Yeah. And as we're going to find out later as this book continues on and some of the things that kind of rose up in the midst uh, regarding um, conflicts against the king. Uh, You can be sure that there are probably some that were trying to tell him, look, we think we need to go this way. And maybe the king decided, no, I'm going to go this way. And that can cause some dissension in the ranks as well. And so all all these things, it's a very um, emotional chaotic mess is what it is yeah
1: you know and and, you know i've even read uh, i think it was uh, matthew henry for example goes and says that um some of the higher echelon were even afraid that the king was going to invite basti back Hmm. because we know that he loved her Mm -hmm. and we know that he kind of exiled her you know into her own little palace and things of that nature so he didn't kill her. He did not, you know, eliminate mm-hmm. her by any means.
0: Though he would have had every right to do that. Yeah,
1: he would have, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. So you know that there was some, there was a strong attachment there mm-hmm. between the king and Vasti. And I think some of the people were afraid that I'm, he's going to invite her back mm-hmm. to be queen, and they did not want that mm-hmm. because they were certainly afraid if she gets back in, that's going to be my head. Mm-hmm. You know. And you know, my wife's going to hear about it, and she's going to rebel like Vasti did, and then we're going to be in trouble.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so this is this is where the where the plots that's to thicken, as I look at it, from the time of great partying and and festivals and all mm-hmm. this other stuff. Now you have you know, the loss of a of a battle of a conflict the king is now back on the throne Mm -hmm. and what's going to happen and to me this is where we pick up the whole account yeah you know so why don't I open a prayer and then uh, we're going to go through chapter 2 and there's 23 verses to it some of the verses are repetitious so we we may not do 20 you know verse by verse but you know Mm -hmm. as far as to be able to go through the account chapter 2 and see what God has in store for us. So I'm going to open in prayer, and then I'm going to have Tim read chapter 2. Father, we thank you so very much. Lord, just for the fact that you rule, and that you overrule, and that you have a plan, and sometimes your delays does not mean a permanent no. You just said, wait a while. And Father, we're going to see that in several instances in this book. So Father, open up our hearts, open up our minds, to see what you have for us today, and how we can apply this to our our very walk of life today in Christ Jesus. So Lord, bless our time, use it for your glory, and we thank you in the name of Christ, amen. Amen. So let's read the word together. After these
0: things, when the wrath of King Ahasuerus subsided, he remembered Vashti, what she had done and what had been decreed against her. Then the king's servants who attended him said, Let beautiful young virgins be sought for the king, and let the king appoint officers in all the provinces of his kingdom, that they may gather all the beautiful young virgins to Shushan, the citadel, into the women's quarters under the custody of Higai, the king's eunuch, custodian of the women, and let beauty preparations be given them. Then let the young woman who pleases the king be queen instead of Vashti. This thing pleased the king, and he did so. In Shushan the Citadel, there was a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son of Shemi, the son of Kish, a Benjamite. Kish had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captives who had been captured with Jeconiah, king of Judah, whom Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, had carried away. And Mordecai had brought up Hadassah that is, Esther, his uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. The young woman was lovely and beautiful. When her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. So it was when the king's command and decree were heard, and when many young w- women were gathered at Shushan, the citadel, under the custody of Hegai, the, then the Esther also was taken to the king's palace, into the care of Hegai, the custodian of the women. Now the young woman pleased him, and she obtained his favor, so he readily gave beauty preparations to her besides her allowance. Then seven choice maidservants were provided for her from the king's palace, and he moved her and her maidservants to the best place in the house of the women. Esther had not revealed her people or family, for Mordecai had charged her not to reveal it. And every day Mordecai passed in front of the court of the women's quarters to learn of Esther's welfare and what was happening to her. Each young woman's turn came to go in to King Ahasuerus after she had completed twelve months preparation according to the regulations for the women. For thus were the days of their preparation apportioned, six months with oil of myrrh and six months with perfumes and preparations for beautifying women. Thus prepared, each young woman went to the king, and she was given whatever she desired to take with her from the women's quarters to the king's palace. In the evening she went, and in the morning she returned to the second house of the women to the custody of Shashgaz, the king's eunuch who kept the concubines. She would not go in to the king again unless the king delighted in her and called for her by name. Now when the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go in to the king, she requested nothing but what Higai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the women, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. So Esther was taken to King Ahasuerus into the, his royal palace in the tenth month, which is the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. Then the king made a great feast, the feast of Esther, for all his officials and servants, and he proclaimed a holiday in the provinces and gave gifts according to the generosity of a king. When virgins were gathered together a second time, Mordecai sat within the king's gate, now Esther had not revealed her family and her people, just as Mordecai had charged her, for Esther obeyed the command of Mordecai as when she was brought up by him. In those days, while Mordecai sat within the king's gate, two of the king's eunuchs, Bigthan and Teresh, doorkeepers, became furious and sought to lay hands on King Ahasuerus. So the matter became known to Mordecai, who told Queen Esther, and Esther informed the king in Mordecai's name. And when an inquiry, inquiry was made into the matter, it was confirmed, and both were hanged on the gallows, and it was written in the book of the Chronicles in the presence of the king.
1: Wow. So a lot is happening now here in chapter 2. You know, and <clears throat> once again, we'd said that you know, the king had just gotten off a bad war. Mm-hmm. He'd come back, and his people apparently decided okay we got to do something to satisfy the king so we're going to have another i wouldn't call it a party i guess like the feasting mm-hmm. but in chapter one but it was a year-long search now for the queen and all the governors and kings and everybody rounded up all the young virgins mm-hmm. and brought them to the castle or had them come to the castle yep. or to the palace you know, I mean, I look at that and say, wow, I mean, that's that's crazy, mm-hmm. you know. But that was the thing in the culture of that day, I guess. And, and that is what happened. So, I mean, I look at this and say, wow, I mean, I just I can't fathom it. But,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's a lot more that was going on. I mean, as we know, not just from our generation, but as you look back throughout the generations, and I'm sure it was the case here. Uh, You know, politics is politics, and it was, she's coming to represent. She doesn't carry the same level of authority as the king has, obviously, especially that day when women were not considered on equal plane. But still, she was queen. And so there were certain requirements in the way she conducted herself, much as there are with kings and queens, or even presidents and first ladies in our country. You know, there's certain ways they're expected to conduct themselves. And so you're talking about bringing somebody that is not and has not been part of the royal family, somebody that's a commoner because it's from these people who are coming from all over the right. country and they're being brought into this palace. They have no idea of how to act like royalty. And so in addition to learning to smell like royalty, yep. you had to learn to really permeate royalty even in your persona in the way you conducted yourself in the customs in mannerisms in tone all of that stuff the way you conducted yourself in the presence of the king right you know all those things had to come into play so it was it was going to take quite a while to teach and train these women in these mad manners
1: you know and and one of the things that i thought was very interesting in my studies of this is that so many of the commentators were saying this is not just a beauty contest right you know a beauty contest would simply go like we have you know the contest for miss america and all mm-hmm. the others miss usa and yeah you know, that you know they they go and they they have maybe four or five things that they have to do you know the evening gowns and the swimsuits and all this other stuff and you know they they're judged on that but as you have pointed out this is going to be a teaching, a changing, mm-hmm. even of her very character mm-hmm. as to how she responds to others in royalty, how she responds to the king and in front of the king. And, mm-hmm. and I have to give the king credit, and this goes back to chapter one, because even when he was feasting, he not only did it for royalty, it says mm-hmm. he did it for everybody yeah so he even gave gifts to his people to his subjects yeah you know so he was a very generous King there's mm-hmm. no doubt about that And right and you know it talks about the generosity of the king here and you know that's one thing we can say about him is that he was a very very generous King to everybody not just to those of royalty mm-hmm. or those of another state so we so we go on here and in Tim as we read these things when the wrath of the king was appeased, he remembered Vasti, and what she had done and what the decree against her. So I don't know, I, I, I have trouble with that verse because I like to think that, well, you know, maybe he was reconsidering.
2: Mm.
1: Maybe he was saying, you know, I don't think I treated her very well, mm. you know, because he goes and, and he talks about and mm. what was decreed against her. So. Yeah. I'm wondering if he's having second thoughts. And once again, maybe not, maybe he is. You know, we don't know. It doesn't really tell us. But, you know, if he has the generosity mm-hmm. that chapter one talks to us about and the generosity that we're going to find out here in chapter two, maybe he's having second thoughts.
0: Well, and I, and I don't think that's far fetched because, again, how much time has gone by? It's been four, four years. years. And it'd be very easy for him to look at this whole situation now and say, well, you know, what's done is done. It's in the past. So be it. But this is starting to permeate his thinking Mm -hmm. to an extent that it probably hasn't for a number of years. Now, maybe that was because of everything else that was on his mind uh, regarding this. Uh, conflict that was going to take place uh, this war and so now it's the first time he's really had to really think about her but the thing is is he is thinking about her and a lot of time has gone by but he's not just thinking about her he's thinking about what was done to her Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and the fact that they're pointing this out tells me in that is some level of thinking were we right were we not right was it did the punishment fit the crime? Right. You know, yeah. this sort of thing. And and so whether or not he would have taken her back, we don't know. But like you said, we are we are really getting a picture, I think, here of the kind of care that he still did have in his heart yeah. for her, that four years later, he would even be giving this the time of day.
1: Yeah, and as matter of fact, I even think, Tim, if we go back into verse one, just simply with the three words, he remembered, mm-hmm. Basti. To me, that means there's more than just a... Fleeting thought, yeah. When, yeah, and we need to to see this because this whole contest in chapter two is not just a beauty contest. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a contest of who pleases the king mm-hmm. best. Okay, that's what it's going to be about. Yeah. Whether it be. In the bedroom or whether it be how she responds to royalty whether it be how well she learns how to conduct herself Mm -hmm. you know there's there's many facets of this yeah and he's going back to vasty and thinking goodness you know she was the perfect queen Mm -hmm. you know she she pleased me well she knew how to treat the others in royalty she knew how to come before me you know so far better than all the other women you know so he that's what I see in those three words. He remembered Vasty,
0: mm-hmm. and it's not even just this. is something going on in his own mind, because again, let's look at context. Four years. Yep. He is now all of a sudden remembering her. He's putting thought into this. Oh, all of a sudden, also, these four years later, apparently hasn't been a topic of discussion for four years. Yep. But all of a sudden, isn't it interesting that at the time that he's remembering, his closest attendants make a recommendation let virgins be brought. So you know, this isn't just remembering here. He's verbalizing this to those that are around him, to those that were his closest attendants. He is somehow processing this to the point that they feel like they need to make some sort of a recommendation here now that they haven't had to make before.
1: You know, and and I'm wondering, you know, now there's gonna be a year, this whole chapter, talking about another year six months of purification six months of training and all the other stuff six months of the beauty thing um so it's a whole year and that's why we came up with the statement you know god delays does not mean a permanent no at -hmm. least not you know generally speaking it doesn't it means that okay not yet my time is not ready yet but there will be a time Mm You know, and it's just like uh, maybe some things that some people, you know, that the folks that are watching, some things they've been praying about, but God hasn't seem doesn't seem to have yeah. answered yet. And God doesn't seem to have really mm. taken care of that problem or that situation. Yeah. Don't take it as a permanent no. I think what mm-hmm. we need to do is we need to sit back and say, okay, everything happens in His perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And we're going to see that in this. Yeah god's perfect timing and and to me that is so very important for us as christians today to remember that Mm -hmm. you know and not get angry with god because he didn't do it when i wanted it Mm -hmm. you know and so much we have that mentality yeah god i want it i want it now and you know and god's going to stand back and say no i'll do it you know i can take care of this when i want to
0: take care of this Mm -hmm. and it's not and and i think that and this is a picture we see here is it's not like okay bring all these women in and now we're just going to have them sit back and a year from now i'll make a decision yeah this year that they are not in that calling right yeah Or, or that things have not seemed to really progress to any definitive decision it was still a time of a lot of activity it was a lot of time of preparation it was still the things that this eunuch was having them do were things the king was checking in with this eunuch yep. periodically. where are things at how are things going and, and so it's a very active time the culmination may not have happened of, of what they were there to do and wouldn't for another year but everything that was going to happen that year was all leading to that and so i think sometimes we, we do we get this attitude of i'm at point a i want to be at point b but we forget there's a lot of subpoints in between a and b that need to really come to fruition sometimes there's things outside of us that god has to orchestrate yeah to prepare for us to be able to be in that realm but more often than not there are some things he needs to prep in us right You know and i think of like even um for myself um i got the call from the lord into the ministry back in 1986 when i was a sophomore in college but it wouldn't be until 1997 some 11 years later that i would find myself actually in a pastoral role Mm -hmm. but i will tell you that whole 11 years there was no idle time yeah god and, and there were times i thought was idle because it's like you know he'd have me at this church and I'd be doing worship leading or you know I'd be at this church and I was you know doing you know heading the missions department or whatever the case was and it's like okay god these things are not my this is not being a past being a pastor but in hindsight it's like oh yes it is yeah, right, because right, all right. the things he was teaching me over the course of that time were things that were necessary before he could fully place me in that role but he wanted to take me through not just 12 months, but 11 years of preparation right. yep. before he could say, "Okay, now you're ready," and now let's step into it. But now I look back on those 11 years, even though it seemed like an eternity back then, I look back on those and I thank God so much that He gave me those years right. to learn with outside of the the actual pastoral role. Um, I, I, it was such a Mark of his grace.
1: You know, that's why I think that, you know, it's so interesting for us to understand, and I think all of us need to understand this, those who are watching as well as Tim and I, that God has a process Mm -hmm. that he follows so that he does to prepare us into the roles in which he has called us. Mm -hmm. Patty and I saw the same thing as you did. You know, my previous churches, you know, both my wife and I can look back at our previous pastors and say each one was preparing us for Athens Mm. for what we're doing now and how God is working now and we can see his his steps you know his stepping stones if you were in our life and we're seeing that same process worked out here you know that there was a process in which they had to go so in verse 2 the king's servants um, said okay we're going to go find beautiful young virgins and and they're all for the king so the king appointed officers now these are going to be people who know the king very personally Mm -hmm. they know his his needs they know his wants they know all these things about him and they're going to go all around the provinces to find and to pick out these young women i find it interesting that you know some of my commentaries, and and I think it was like Matthew Henry and maybe even J. Vernon McGee, in particular those two guys, were saying that you know I can imagine for that next year that there's a lot of young women either they they went and they got married Mm -hmm. because they didn't want to go through this process because they knew as we're going to come out here they knew that it was only going to be like if 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 they went in and they were rejected, it was a one-night stand. That's it. Mm -hmm. And they would have no more contact with the king. So they're going to go through all of this and this arduous work just for a few moments of glory. Mm -hmm. And I can imagine a lot of virgins, a lot of fathers, a lot of mothers did not want their young girls to have to go through that process. Mm -hmm. Oh, it would be nice if they were the one... But they are the one out of how many are mm-hmm. going to be brought, Yeah. know? Yeah. And there could have been hundreds, could have been thousands, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But would we want our daughters to go through that?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and as we can see from chapter 1, the provinces of his kingdom stretched a large yeah. area. And so there were not just going to be a handful of people. Yeah. Your, your chances of being picked were, were very much slimmed to on.
1: Right, right. And once again. so. I think that there are, you know, that there are certainly some that would go and, you know, say, hey, I know Bobby down the road and, and he's single and he's kind of gave me the eye. Well, I'll go entice him to marry me, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of thing, just so that I would not be chosen mm-hmm. for, Excuse me to do this. So I think that you, you had some of that playing, playing, yep. playing a part so that you, you know, the, the king appoints of officers in all the provinces. Mm-hmm. And, like you say, it is a massive landmass mm-hmm. that they have to go of his kingdom that they may gather together all the fair young virgins under Shushan the palace to the house of the women under the custody of Hiji and the king's chamberlain, keeper of the women, and let their things uh, for purification be given them. So, he's going to provide everything. He's mm-hmm. going to provide the chamberlains, and he's going to provide the maidens, and he's going to provide everybody to do all mm-hmm. this. But it's arduous work,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know. And I look at it and I say, "Wow, you know, this is this is crazy." Mm. But how many how many women still do that today? Yeah. Whether it be, well, I want to, you know, become an actress, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do these things, or I'm going to. Be a politician, whatever the case may be i 'm willing to sacrifice for that one moment of fame
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that 's what we 're seeing here yeah and, and it is it 's just a splitting m- moment of fame mm-hmm. because if you 're not chosen, guess what if if these women were not chosen, they would go spend a night with the king to please the king and and I think that 's more than sexually to please the king, but then they' put in concubine pool or something you know mm-hmm. and that's it yeah so wow I mean this would take a lot in my yeah. view as a parent to, to mm-hmm. allow my daughter to do that you know so and then we got in verse 4 let the maiden which pleases the king be queen instead of vasty and the thing pleased the king and he did so mm-hmm. so once again you know he said yeah you know that's reasonable I I think that'd be fun so let's let's do that mm-hmm. right so that would take his mind off Vashti. Because we know that he was thinking of Vashti in verse 1. Yep. And now in verse 4, we're finding, okay, I'm looking for a replacement of Vashti, and so now she's going to be out of the picture. Mm-hmm. All right. So what's going to happen? In Shushan the palace, there were a certain Jew whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jer, and so forth. And you go down through... And, and I think it's really, really interesting that they really pointed out, here's a Jew.
2: hmm
1: Now, what's he going to tell Esther? Do, Do not, not reveal who you are. Okay? Why? Why would that be?
0: Well, number one, she was just a Jew. You yeah. Know, they, they, they were less than.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, wait a minute, you wouldn't be considered. Mm-hmm if he knew the culture you're coming out of. That's right. Even with your beauty and even with your flair and everything else, you would not be considered. So don't say a word, mm-hmm. because we are not a respected people. Right. All right? So, but it's interesting that now you have the uncle who's coming And apparently he found favor with the king because we're going to see through this whole chapter that he moves up very quickly in the ranks, Mm -hmm. you know, and and he's very well thought of by Mm -hmm. seemingly everybody. So he's moving up in the ranks. So he goes and says, okay, who had been carried away, verse 6, from Jerusalem, and that to me, I find it very interesting. Mm -hmm. So if he's carried away from Jerusalem, what do you think he's going to be? Yep but they didn't give that any thought, I guess. All right, who had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity that had been carried away. So, so wouldn't this make him a slave?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because he was carried away under captivity, right? right? And then you have um, that he was brought up, uh, Hadassah, that's that's be Esther,
2: mm-hmm. his
1: uncle's daughter, for she had neither father nor mother. They had apparently died. Mm-hmm. All right, maybe they died in the taking of the captives. Mm -hmm. You know, once again, this is speculation, we don't know what killed them, but I suspect it may have been during that Inquisition or whatever that that had happened. Mm -hmm. So she lost her parents, she was beautiful, she was fair, she was all that anybody would want, apparently, and whom Mordecai, when her father and mother were dead, took her for his own daughter, so he, you know, basically he adopted her, mm-hmm. you know, as as we would look at, and yep. he treated her as his own. I find here interesting that probably there were no, there was no other children, mm. and it does not say anything about his wife.
2: Nope.
1: So maybe he was even a single guy mm-hmm. bringing up now this young girl. Yep. All right, but again, we don't know. It does not say. So it comes to pass, verse 8,
2: mm-hmm.
1: when the king's commandment and his decrees were heard and when many maidens were gathered together, now it says many, it does not tell us, will there be hundreds of thousands, we have no mm-hmm. idea, they go to the palace to the custody of Higa and Esther was brought unto the king's house to the custody keeper of the women. So here she is, she's there, she's beautiful. Nobody makes inquiring at all. What religion are you? What nationality are you? Mm-hmm. Anything. Which right
0: there shows God's favor. Yeah. That, that wouldn't even be mentioned. Because again, if you think, if you're talking about choosing, you know, not only with Esther, but even with Mordecai, he said stepping up in the ranks. Right. You're going to have somebody in those roles. They'd want to know those things. Yeah. And so that, that's a huge oversight to be, Considered just an oversight.
1: You know, so even as we know, for example, if we look at a couple of Scripture verses or or at least mention them, in Corinthians it tells us that Satan blinds the eyes
2: Mm -hmm.
1: of people. But I'm seeing here that God can also blind the eyes of people. Because though I imagine, I mean, I just can't imagine otherwise, I imagine she must have looked a part of the the Jewish nationality and things like Mm -hmm. that, but they didn't see it. Yeah. You know, either they didn't want to see it or God once again just kind of put a gloss over their eyes so they were not able to see it. Mm-hmm. Whatever the case, God rules and he overrules. That's right. And we're seeing that in this mm-hmm. because they don't seem to be cognizant of the fact that she's Jewish or that Mordecai is Jewish, mm-hmm. which just so show you the level of God's involvement.
0: In the whole process, yeah. you know, I mean, he, how tuned in he is to, to everything that's going on, not just the final moment of her becoming queen, but setting up the, set, setting the stage
1: for that to happen. So now what happens is she goes amongst all these women, right? Mm-hmm. And the keeper of the women finds favor in Esther. Mm-hmm of all the other beautiful women around. Mm -hmm. She's the one, according to verse 9, she pleased him. Now the him is who? The keeper of the women, Mm -hmm. right? And she obtained kindness of him, and he speedily gave her the things for purification, which such things as belonged to her. And seven maidens, which were meant to be given her, out of the king's house, and he preferred her And her maids unto the best place of the house of the women." So she was given priority,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: right? So once again you're seeing how God rules and overrules, how God sets this process Mm -hmm. in where, you know, I mean she's found favor. And I'm sure that when he goes before the king, and I'm sure the king calls him in often, how's the process going? You know, do you have anybody? Do you, And all of this, I'm sure that he's saying to the king, well, I've got one that I'm bringing up that I really believe you're going to find favor mm-hmm. You know, over above all the others. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's prepping the king. I see yep. in, in, in all of this. So once again, verse 10, we're told she had not showed her people, meaning her nationality, yep. where she came out of, She had not showed her people nor her kindred, for Mordecai had charged her that she should not show it. Mm -hmm. Once again, we are going to find out towards the end of this book why this is so important. Right. You know, because if he'd done it now, she probably would take be taken out of the process. Mm -hmm. But God sees favor in her, and God has a process, and says, "No, don't show it now, because things are going to culminate." where you're going to have to show it Mm -hmm. but that's going to come later on in this this account in this wonderful story now i find it interesting starting with verse 11 to me this is a whole new thing in verse 11 mordecai walked every day before the court of the women's house to know how esther did and what should become of her you see him now coming up in the ranks Mm -hmm. because not everybody would be able to walk close to the women's house and yep. be able to inquire how's Esther doing you know, mm-hmm. how's she doing you know what's happening what's the process you know how far along is she And you know as any parent would do mm-hmm. you know uh, to check out on the daughter and find out yep. what is happening well so he is already in place of prominence mm-hmm. as I see in verse 11 right yeah so verse 12 when every man's turn was come to go to the king, after that she had been twelve months, according to the manner of the women, okay, for so were the days of the purification accomplished, to wit six months with royal mirrors, six months with seed orders, and with other things for the purification of the women. Now, the purification of women was more than just making them pretty, right, right. It also had to do with their manners. It had to do with the mm-hmm. way they carried themselves. It had to do with how they respond and how they react, and all of those mm-hmm. things. Right? How to take care of all that. So, it's been a year. So once again, now you know now there's been five years, if you want to add it up together, from the time of Vasti being taken out of the role as queen, and now this happens. If if my t- if my Mm-hmm. Numbers are right, right? Yeah. Then, thus, every maiden unto the king, whatsoever she desired, was given her to go with her out of the house of the women unto the king's house. So, whatever the you know the the young woman thought that she could needed to please the king, she was able to take that with her, whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And we ha- I have no idea what that is all about, right? You know, but she was able to do it. But we're finding, in the evening, she went. And on the morrow she returned into the second house of the women to the custody. So like I say, it was just a one night stand, or it was just a, a one evening where mm-hmm. she got to show the king what she could do, and then if he moves the scepter the you know, no depart. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the last time she enters the king's yeah. quarters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? And I say, wow, all this work for just the few moments of glory. I mean, I just I look at it and say, Wow, that's that's amazing. Yeah. And and I just find it really also amazing how
0: we're not given details yeah. of anything that takes place. Now one can imagine, okay, you come into the king's palace in the evening and you go home in the morning, yeah. It implies some things. Right. But here's my issue with that. Usually everywhere else in scripture that you see something of this nature, if there is a laying with, or a then, as they would often say, he knew her, which would mean the same thing. We don't hear any of that here. So did that even take place? We don't know. Uh, You know, it it would appear on the surface of just what you think of regarding the time of day, that that's probably may have been what happened. But the fact that, that it's not shared with us tells one two things. Either one, it didn't happen. Or two, which is equally as important, it's irrelevant. Yeah,
1: it's not that. To, not to, to what's that taking necessity.
0: place. And, right. and so he didn't want, the Lord did not want us to get hung up there um, and lose sight
1: of, of what was really taking place. Now, verse 15, the whole picture changes mm-hmm. because Esther now, It was her turn. Okay? And it goes and says who she is, who she was the daughter of, and so forth. Uh, And then Mordecai, who'd taken her for his daughter, was come to go into the king. She required nothing. I find that interesting. You know, she didn't take in anything that would help her. Why? She didn't need any help. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I find it interesting. Even though God is not mentioned in this book per Mm -hmm. se, is it implied? Is he implied? Mm-hmm. I think I think yep. so. And I have to. This is just me, but I have to think that she was going to rely upon him, mm-hmm. you know, being a Jewist, and yeah. and so forth. I'm going to rely upon my God. If it if it's what he wants, great. If it mm-hmm. isn't, fine. I'm going to go as I am. What you what you see is what you get. Mm-hmm. That that kind of thing. Yeah. And that's how I see that in verse 15. You know, because she required nothing but that. Haggai, the son of the king's chamberlain, the keeper of the women, appointed, and Esther obtained favor in the sight of all them that looked upon her. Now, upon the sight of all that, that's everybody up to this point, mm-hmm. right? However, if they all found favor in her, it's probably more likely that the king will too, because mm-hmm. he depended upon their opinions. Yeah, I would
0: think. Well, we see that throughout chapter one and even thus far yeah. in chapter two. Just the fact that he is not, we, we never see him exercising his authority apart from counsel. Right. You know, every decision that he's made has always been at the advice of those that are around him. So he, there's a l- great level of respect yep. for the opinions of those that he has in his court.
1: Yeah, so he's you know he's not a one-man show as far as that is concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did like that. Now I find it interesting in verse sixteen, Tim, that it goes and says which is, is in the month of Tibeth, uh the seventh year of his reign. So we have five years that we know about from the time of the war and this um, mm-hmm. choosing of a queen. So that would mean if you go back to it. That probably Vasti was queen for about two years. Mm. You know, because this is seven years of his reign. So he had just gotten in, two years into his reign, he has this big feast. Vasti is the queen, and then all that had happened here. So Vasti is queen about two years, if, mm-hmm. I, if yeah. my math is right. Yeah. Now you got five years where there is no queen. And the king loved Esther. Now, I look at that word loved i think probably a better word would have been the king found favor in esther Mm -hmm. Um, because i look at love one way you know like i Mm -hmm. love patty and you know in all that goes with that i don't see that 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 is the kind of love that that this verse is talking about in verse 17. Do
0: you think it is? No, I would agree with you. And again, I think we have to take into consideration the culture and how women were viewed overall. You know, they were not, you know, much like they were even in our country up until, you know, really about 70 years ago. Yeah. uh, Women were considered subordinate. And the fact that, as we will see later, and as we actually already saw in Chapter 1 with Vashti, that as a queen, even though you were his queen, that did not give you the right just to be able to approach him anytime you wanted. Right, right. There were still processes that one would have to go to, and they had to submit to whether or not he allowed them right. to come and talk to him. So. There's this aspect that's coming into play that we have to remember.
1: Right. So so I think that word love, you know, as I would read it anyway, would be more of finding favor than yeah. love as you and I would know love today, mm-hmm. you know, of our spouse or of our kids or whatever. So, anyway, he found favor above all women. She obtained grace and favor in the, in the sight more than all the others so that that night he put the royal crown upon her head. Mm-hmm. So from that night on, um, the search is over, mm-hmm. right? All the girls that go after Esther, they just go into the concubine pool
2: mm-hmm. without
1: even meeting with the king.
2: Yeah.
1: But you know, once again, where was it that Esther placed? Well, she found favor with the chamberlain. She found favor with the god of the women. She found. So mm-hmm. you would think that that this means that she was. Brought up closer yep. to the top than not. That's, right. a, that's at least what the mm-hmm. way I would see that. So that you know she does that. So he places the crown on her. Verse seventeen, he makes her queen instead of Vasti. Vasti now is totally out of the picture.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Where in verse one she was still being thought of. Yeah. And she was still in the picture. Mm-hmm. Now, if he had not found anybody of all these virgins. I suspect Vashti would have been made queen again. Could have been, but that's why I think verse seventeen is ever important, and mm-hmm. made her queen instead of the word "instead of" means what? Vashti was still in the running, right? As I see it, all right. So that happens. Eighteen, the king made it a great feast unto all the princes and the servants, but they loved the feast, and even Esther's feast. And he made a release to the province and gave gifts according to the state of the king. Now, these gifts were not only for the royal families or the governors and the right. kings. This is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Even, even the subordinates, even the, the peasants mm-hmm. got some gifts. And, and once again, this just shows the great generosity of this king. You know, so he does that. So, the virgins were gathered together the second time when Mordecai sat in the king's gate. Esther had not yet showed her kindred, once again, same as in verse 11. Mm-hmm. She doesn't tell yet where she's from. Right. As Mordecai had charged her for Esther to the commandment of Mordecai. Go down to verse 21 to 23. In those days while Mordecai was in the... Now he's sitting in the king's gate.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All right. First of all, he's able to go walk around... Into where the women were preparing. Now he sits at the gate. That is a seat of prominence.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whenever they sit in the gate, you find that in, in other Old Testament scriptures. Mm-hmm. Now even Lot goes and sits in the gate, right? Because he, you know, he's found on the outside, and then he moves inside, and mm-hmm. then he becomes involved, and then he becomes even a part of the gate, or you know, the gatekeepers, or the politicians of the day. Now he goes and starts telling us there's going to be a plot against the king. Two guys want to assassinate the king. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Why? Well, maybe it's because he chose Esther over Vashti. Maybe Mm -hmm. they were supporters of Vashti. We don't know. Mm -hmm. Once again, God is not giving us all the details. Could have been brothers of the the runner-up. Who knows? (laughs) Whatever the case may be. Anyway, so there's a plot against the king. And the thing was known to Mordecai, who told it unto Esther the queen, and Esther certified the king thereof in Mordecai's name. So, you have this, this, this man sitting at the gate, oh royal king, mm-hmm. his name is Mordecai, he just informed me that there's a plot to kill you. Mm-hmm. All right, That's where it ends. Yep. usually they would say oh bring him before me I want to honor him he does mm-hmm. not do that at this point and we find at the end of verse 23 it's written in the chronicles before the king mm-hmm. why later on we're going to find that he can't sleep one night so what do they do mm. like everybody does right you can't sleep so you have someone come in and start reading you the chronicles of the king Yeah just happens to be the one that Mordecai is mentioned. Mm-hmm. And that's where chapter 2 ends. Yep. But it's, it's a great drama and, and I love it because, you know, I think God allows us to use our imaginations mm-hmm. without doing any harm to the scriptures. Right. And that's one of the things I want to make sure. We we not we, we can use our imagination but just don't do any harm to the mm-hmm. scriptures or do anything that's going to hinder the scriptures. and. And I think it's a great, great drama. It, it really is. And, and you know, it helps us in our own lives, too.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How God does a process and how God does a preparing of us mm-hmm. to find his favor as well as be used of him. Exactly. Anyway, I'm Pastor Harold Noyce, pastor of the Community Christian Church located on the Lower Road in Athens, Vermont. And we have morning <laughs> worship at 930 every Sunday. And then we have evening worship 6 p.m. every Sunday night. We have a Tuesday night Bible study, Wednesday night prayer meeting, uh, other things going on. And we'd love to see you if you're in our area. We'd love to have you just say, hey, I'm so-and-so from here, and I heard you on Hotline. And, um, you know, it'd be nice to talk to you. Mm -hmm.
0: And if you're in the charlestown new hampshire area life on maine meets at the charlestown senior center at 223 old springfield road right there in charlestown we meet at 10 a.m for coffee and fellowship on sunday mornings and then our services at 11 o'clock and we would love to have you come join us as well and be a part of that and uh, just give us a chance get to know you and a chance for you to get to know us as well and uh, we want to thank everyone for tuning into the broadcast we especially want to thank all the staff here at fact tv uh, for making this program possible and get the word out there let your friends and family know about this program we're on a lot of the community tv stations along the connecticut river uh, from of southeastern Vermont and southwestern New Hampshire. Um, If you know people that are outside that viewing area, they can also find us on Fact TV's website at factthenumber8.com or on our social media channels, whether that be on Facebook, whether that be through YouTube, on Rumble, or on Truth Social. And if you are more the person that likes to listen to audio podcasts, you can also find us on most popular podcast providers as well.